to the Fight Shed Podcast, a podcast that recaps the best of both MMA and boxing events of the past weekend and previews the biggest combat sports events for the next week. Thank you for listening and supporting the Fight Shed Podcast. I'm Daniel, and joining me again, as always, my co-host, Alan Kirk. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. How was the weekend for you? It was, man, it was really eventful as far as, you know, watching combat sports, watching uh, boxing, yep. UFC, of course, and um, other than that, you know, just the family missed me, I guess. Did they? <laughs> yeah. 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 Did you, I guess, uh, skip a week for going to see a movie? Um, yes, because I don't okay. remember seeing. No, we didn't. We didn't watch a movie or anything. We went out to eat. Went out to Outback. Spent almost like a hundred bucks. Oh my god, it's crazy. Oh yeah, the Outback is here in San. Yeah, Angel. there's a there's an Outback here, and it was like it was more like after. That's probably about ninety bucks with with tip and everything. Do you it's like crazy? Do you like Outback? I do sometimes, but you know what? I I get scared of the uh, steaks and the price. And I just go ahead and get like a chicken or something. Do you really? And my wife gets a steak. She's not shy. She ain't shy about no, spending no, the money. No, she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> you know, it's funny because that's the way I am. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of looking at my my girl and I'm like, all right, whatever you're picking, I'm, it will depend on what I get to yeah, pick, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then you got kids to yeah, involve and I got too, them, right? They, and then yeah. um, we get them the kids meal and they don't even eat their kids meal oh, or whatever. Or, or I got a 13 year old and she starts to get those uh, adult plates. And so there's another 12. <laughs> there there right. goes your adult play yeah exactly right yeah um do you like the roadhouse i like roadhouse texas okay. roadhouse <clears throat> yeah we have one here too but yeah, yeah i like that one so which one do you prefer if you're putting them in order roadhouse i think i like roadhouse. i like the bread better at roadhouse yeah i'm a bread person which is terrible right right but and then know, you're followed by potatoes because that's me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love me so. a good potato, right? But that's what we did. Okay. How about you? Uh, you know, like you said, it's a busy weekend. Uh, another weekend, of course, uh, football on Sunday. Um, that was fun to watch. Our beloved Cowboys won, yep. which was great. Yep. And then, I mean, the whole day was amazing for combat sports on Saturday, man. A, lot, uh, a few upsets, a few, uh, uh, yeah, I thought that was going to happen. Um, and I, I thought a couple shockers, so I can't wait to get into it and talk about it. Well, let's go ahead and jump into first. Let's go into boxing. You know, let's okay. let's cover boxing this week. Um, last week we previewed Lawrence Okoli versus Dylan Prasovic, um in a cruiserweight. WBO World Championship bouts. Okoli comes in 16 and 0, ranked fifth in box rec. Persevic comes in 15 and 0 and uh, ranks 27th. What do you think about the fight? Some, something had to give, right? Something Somebody was going to get their first loss, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't watch this one. You did not watch it? No, I did not. This. Okay, not have this you one. seen Okoli fight before? I've never seen him fight before. Oh, he, yeah. He, he's a beast. Well, I, for sure. Yeah, getting ready for this uh, podcast, I saw what uh, what he did. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of feeling out in the first round, um, but Oakley found his range in the second round, and uh, next thing you know, a right right hand found his opponent's head for a knockdown. It was the first time that Prasovic in his career has been knocked down. He looked pretty good uh, the first couple of rounds. Yes, he did. Um, and then after that knockdown, I, he just never really seemed the, the same. Third round, mm-hmm. uh, Oakley had a body shot to Prasovic and in the rib area, and it was over. Oh, wow. So you got yeah. a uh, like liver shot or a rib shot. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But I can tell you that Oakley is, it, for 16-0, which is now a 17-0, he's very patient. He's very precise, and he's a very experienced fighter. So, yeah, I, I'm excited to watch him again. Well, it looks like he goes to now, like you said, 17-0. and 0. Um, Now he's ranked third in the uh, box 
wreck ranking. What do you think is um, next for him? Well, I think, you know, he's getting close to that 20-0 that we always talk about where you're going to have to step up, but I think he's ready to step up. Um, I've actually got a couple names, um, and I don't know if this is a big step up. Um, I would like to see him maybe fight the IBF champ, um, Mary's Britties, who's 27-1, and um, and he is actually fighting this month on the 16th. Yeah, that's exactly what I have. Um, I don't know if you know, but Mary's Britties... Uh, you know he's he's twenty seven and one. You know who's that one loss? I do not know who that one loss. Who is. gave him that one loss is Usyk. What? Because Usyk used to have all these titles, the cruiserweight titles. I would like to say I don't know who Usyk is, but I clearly <laughs> know who he is now, right? I was gonna say really, <laughs> you don't know who he is, but no, yeah. So um, yeah. Alexander Usyk used to have all these titles here, and now Lawrence Coley has one. The only other name that I have, and I haven't ever seen this guy um, fight, but he seems to be ranked really high on on all the different uh, IBOs, IBFs. Is there's a Michael Cizlak at 21 and 1 and he fought May of this year and is ranked 8th in that division. What do you think about him? Yeah, I like him too, but he he's um, ranked everywhere all over. Every yeah. single uh body has him ranked either a top 9, it was somewhere in the top 9, either as high as top 2 or as low as 9. And has he f- tried to fight for the title because it seems kind of interesting that he he's he's got a great record but he may have. I mean, looking at that, that one loss uh-huh. may may have been a like maybe a contender okay. or a uh, eliminator loss or something like that. What do you think about Prasic? Prasovic. So Prasovic. he is now fifteen and one. First loss, and you know, uh, it's like I always say, we're going to find out what type of fighter he is. Um, is he going to bounce back, or does the first taste of defeat mess him up mentally? You know, if I'm finding a fight for him. Uh, I like this guy. He's 13 and one. Uh, Alec C. Popin, who fought April this year. I have a David Light. He's ranked seventh in the WBO. Okay. He's undefeated, David Light. And so maybe that's his turn to see, okay, what can he do? Yeah, I mean, I like that. I think that uh, we're just going to find out with uh, Prasovic. Uh, uh, if he's just going to bounce back or not. I mean, that a one defeat in boxing is is seems to be pretty huge, you know? Yeah, and then going back to um, that uh, Michael Cislak, he his loss comes to uh, Ingula Makabu for the WBC, so his loss okay. was for a championship Okay, title. good, good, yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, it uh, looks like Lawrence Okoli is on the road to um, maybe even unifying later on, hopefully, you know, fight someone in the IBF champion or the WBC champion or maybe even the WBO champion. Yeah, definitely someone you need to check out in the future is to watch him that brings us to the main event of that evening we have anthony joshua versus olisander usik that was this was from tottenham hotspur stadium in tottenham london anthony joshua versus olisander usik for joshua's wba ibf and wbo titles joshua comes in 24 and 1 and usik comes in 18 and 0 so can we talk about the pregame a little bit first that i thought was really fascinating so I guess they play Sweet Caroline uh, by Neil Diamond before everyone. I don't know why. Uh, the British, that's like the British theme song. I don't know why. It was amazing, though, yeah. to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're all singing uh, with, with, you know, full lungs, and, and it just made it feel like a big fight, you know? I just loved that at- atmosphere to see 70,000 people. Yeah, at that, and it's a huge, brand-new stadium, beautiful stadium. But again, I don't understand where Sweet Caroline comes from. As far and Neil Diamond sings it because like, Neil Diamond's not from the UK, no, right? He's not. So 
I don't know where that where the connection it, it, is. Maybe yeah, I'm missing something. I, me too, but I, I know that they were singing some other song beforehand. They said, "Oh yeah, wait for uh, Sweet Caroline when they yeah. play it," and I'm like, "So that was cool." Number two, did you happen to catch what the theme song that AJ came out to? No, I didn't. And it was a little foreboding. Foreboding. Huh? Yes. So AJ came out to the Rocky Four song "No Easy Way Out." Oh wow! Which. He, I think, in that movie, Rocky ended up losing, obviously, at the first first time yeah. with that song playing to Drago. Oh. Right? <laughs> and, it, and he literally looked like Rocky because he had on e- either side of him, yeah. A and J lit up, and obviously, and he's dancing, and I'm just like, are we watching Rocky for? What's wow. going on? Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. You know, he... He looked really loose, right? I mean, he looked like, hey, I'm, you know, no big deal. This is just going to be another win for me. Yeah, I mean, man, it's it's kind of, um, he started off all right, you know, right? Yeah. yeah but it was competitive the whole night long. Yeah. Usyk was not there to mess around. No, he and even in And even in his post-fight interviews, he says his game plan was not to knock him out. It was to outpoint him the whole match and outbox him. Well, he, he definitely outboxed them. Um, Usyk came out in that opening round just wanting to control that center ring yeah. and just to not be a, a, a target. Yeah, move around. Bob, bob and weave. And I think that's a, the thing is that Anthony Joshua's so big, he's not as fast as Usyk. Usyk's coming up from a cruiserweight, so he's he's always been a little bit smaller and yeah. faster, right? Yeah. And so... I mean, it was just a just a great. It was a great fight for on the Usyk side of things. Yeah, and for Anthony Joshua, I just don't know where his where his head's at. You know, what's he doing? Yeah, you know, in the third round, Usyk uh, with the with the left hand connected and kind of wobbled the champ. I mean, yeah. I was really impressed, and, and through the through the five round, you know, first five rounds, I was like, uh, Usyk's winning on these cards. Yeah, yeah, and I think even through the last, you know, what seven rounds, you know, Usyk had at least, you know, all of them except for two, maybe. Usyk is just too fast. It was too fast. Too he moved around a lot, and then he hurt Joshua towards the end and even at the last round he could have knocked him out i I think he could have knocked him out uh joshua was wincing in pain from his eye i think something happened to maybe his eye his orbital or something like that it's kind of disappointing i'm I'm really disappointed in what uh joshua came in or how he came in and how he fought yeah he he he, here's how i saw it when i was watching the whole thing you know the first couple rounds i was like well i didn't understand i was kind of confused what joshua was trying to do i guess he was trying to find his range Mm -hmm. and then it just seems like the middle rounds he's taking off rounds at this point and this is what i was seeing is i felt like the last four rounds when he knew he was behind the cards somewhere in his head he just said you know what I've got a rematch clause. I don't care. Yeah. And he just didn't care. I mean, I felt like he just wasn't caring because he literally, when it when they said the scorecards, he just kind of laughed it off. Yeah, the scorecards were 112, 117, 112, 116, and 113, 115. It was a unanimous decision for Usyk, who now wins the WBA, IBF, and WBO titles. And did you see where he uh, gave those uh, belts back to Joshua? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Wow. Yeah, so he walked in as a gesture, and, and he goes, here's the belts back, because he gets his own belts. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And he goes to Joshua. Joshua was thankful, but he goes, yeah, I'll be seeing you here in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, well, of course, the rematch clause is going to be triggered, and we'll do this all over again, right? Yeah, I, I'll tell you, it, it, it's interesting for me, 
because I have a different uh, feel for or feelings for Joshua. I've always said I don't think he's that good, and and you and and I've got a, another good friend that has said, oh, he's great, he's awesome. I don't know, man. I I think the jury's still out because he seems to keep losing to sub. In my, I'm not saying Uslik's bad, but I don't think he should be on the same level as Joshua. Well, you know, I wasn't surprised with Usyk. I mean, I was surprised with uh, Ruiz, him okay. losing to Ruiz, right? Because he wasn't supposed to. But Usyk comes in with a different pedigree. That, you know, he was a champion, a unified champion, undisputed champion um, for the cruiserweight, moved up in weight. So he was, I believe he was formidable. I believe he could do it, but I just didn't think he could. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't choose him to do that. I wasn't surprised. He, he just see. I don't know. I, I, you know, I've I've watched his documentaries. I've tried to get on that Joshua train, and I just everybody says he's number one in the world. You know what? I think he's behind Wilder and Fury. Um, I really yeah. do. I think now. Um, well, I rank him now fourth in the world. Okay. Uh, be, you know, in Usyk's three sure. third, I believe, or maybe two. You know, whereas Tyson Fury one, Deontay Wilder maybe two, maybe three. So yeah, but I mean, if they're not going to do the rematch right, right then and there, I say they each get the the loser or the winner of that fight. So Roy Jones was was there. He was commentating. He did a, a little article about what his thoughts were on yeah. it, and he said he was surprised by Joshua Lucen because usually when somebody moves up in weight, that the bigger weight shows them, hey, yeah, I'm the man. I'm the big dog in this yard and they take mm-hmm. it to him and that's not what Joshua did. He didn't understand that. Yeah. And something's wrong. Something's wrong with either with his camp, his training, um, his preparation. Something's wrong with Joshua and you know, he's got a few more months now to uh, figure it out or you know, he'll just never be in that limelight again. The other thing that they said is uh, or the other thing Jones said is he does not believe that a Usyk Fury fight would be entertaining at all because they're both boxing technicians. Wow. What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, I mean, it's got to happen. I think. I guess the thing is that we got we have to figure out when is this rematch going to happen. Yeah. And so the rematch happens before or after. You either Usyk's going to fight the winner of Fury next, or Fury and Wilder. Or the or rematch. I mean, we just don't know that. That's just depends on yeah. the timeline. But if they do end up fighting, I would I would see it. I mean, it would be a great. Fight. I think it would be a great mm-hmm. fight, especially if it is a technician fight. You know what I mean? Um, which that's what boxing is there for. Right. Right. Instead of brawling. And and this is all assuming that Usyk's going to beat Joshua again. I mean, hey, look. It, it seems like when he is focused, like he was after yeah. he lost him the first time, he came back and just demolished Louis. Yeah. You know, Ruiz. So. You know, he may come back and, you know, make sure that this doesn't happen again, you know? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Very shocking for the afternoon <laughs> for me. I couldn't believe that Joshua had just lost. Yeah, me too. So that was uh, Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk for the heavyweight championship of the world. Next up, we're going to preview. Um, there's really one boxing match this weekend. We had two, didn't we? We had two, but um, something happened. Yeah, for yeah. the 20th time. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I 20th know. time. I know. Now they moved it over, right? So we're talking, of course, uh, Teofimo Lopez and uh, George Combosis. Their fight's going to be pushed back a little bit more. I guess we've late waited this long. Why it was not? supposed to be next Monday. Yeah, next Monday. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And but now no. they decided that was a terrible idea because that's what we had said. Maybe they listened to our podcast. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> we were not going to spend $60 on a Monday when we got yeah. work on Tuesday. So exactly. they moved it to Saturday. 
Yeah, so we'll see. We'll, right. we'll preview that one next week. But um, so the only one that we are previewing this week is Chris Eubank Jr. versus Anatoly Muratov from Wembley Arena in Wembley, UK, live on Sky Sports. Um, this is a middleweight bout. Yeah, so so this is a twelve round middleweight uh, division at one hundred sixty pounds. Uh, Jamal Charlo, Canelo Alvarez, and Triple G are some of the uh, champions in this division. Now, Chris Eubank Jr. is thirty two years old. He's thirty and two with twenty two Ks. He is ranked number one in the WBA and is fourth in the world in the middleweight division. Now, his last fight was a win by unanimous decision. May of this year, and his last loss was in 2018. Now, Tolim off he is 22 and four with 17 KOs at an age of 33 years old. Now, his last fight was a win by KO in the first round, September of this year, and his last loss was in 2014. Do you know what the line is? I do not because this was a late scratch, a wasn't late it? Scratch. Yeah, it was supposed to be Sabin Eber. Yeah, it was, right. Yes, yeah, so it's supposed to be uh, Savin Eber, and you know they had uh, Eubanks at a favorite of minus one thousand versus a plus five hundred. But it might be even more now. Yeah, now it's even yeah. more. But you know what's kind of fascinating is that this guy just fought like a week ago. <laughs> right. You'll be ready. Yeah, you stay ready. You don't have to get ready. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think the KO in the first round probably yeah. probably says a lot, right? Chris Eubank comes from the United Kingdom. He's an orthodox fighter. He stands 5'11", and his reach is seven, 72 and a half inches. Um, notable wins come against Marcus Morrison, James DeGale, and notable, and notable losses come against George Groves and Billy Joe Saunders. Anatoly Moratov, he's from Germany with his... You know, he's so new, he's in his reach. Couldn't even find his reach. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, Notable wins come against Georgi Raju and Edwin Palacios. His last few losses come from 2014 and 2013. So he's kind of crazy. He's on a good fight winning streak. Yeah. He's ranked 154 um, in the world, according to Box Rank. And Chris Eubank is ranked fourth in the world, according to Box Rank. Um, You know, I'm just going to go ahead and just, you know, state the obvious. I feel like Chris Eubank's going to win, but I'm going to go by a decision. Yeah, you know, uh, I like active fighters. I don't know if I like them that active. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, he fought last week on yeah. uh, uh, the 18th, and here, here we go again. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the logical choice, Eubanks, by decision as well. It's a slow week for boxing. Um, it wasn't for, as supposed far as to for be. main cards, yeah. and it wasn't, wasn't supposed yeah. to be, right? Um, but next week we have a huge... Oh boxing match yeah we, we've yeah. got uh three uh huge ones that we're probably going to preview and then the week after that if we get into the news so lopez and cambosis are now officially listed for october 16th october 16th so yeah we'll just jump into right into the yeah. boxing news so that is is it really news that they changed it or that they they're it's having not, issues it's not news <laughs> to me anymore it's man not news at all, I, right. every time that, that you would uh give us a new date i would look at you and go yeah it's not staying yeah man. exactly and they and they moved uh to another arena now instead of being in new york they're now at the Barkley Center in Brooklyn. Well, what does I mean, that mean? it's it's a it's an NBA stadium, so yeah. it's a bigger stadium, eighteen yeah. probably eighteen to twenty thousand people. Yeah. Whereas a Hulu Arena was probably like six thousand. So maybe they're preparing for um, you know, trying to get a lot more people to get in. It's a big fight. It's always been a big fight, right? We're all excited to watch for it, and 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 I think that it deserves a crowd. 
because of the big fight, but it's been so just botched, I guess is one way to say it. It keeps moving, COVID. Uh, I just feel bad for Lopez's opponent because he is out, out of, you know, he's not even with his family, and he's been here for months, right? Yeah, that's true. However... Um, according to Box News 24, oh no, George Cambosis hasn't yet agreed to the move for the date, so he's dragging his feet. So, according to um, Huck Allen of the uh, Box 24, Box News 24 website, well, I made a prediction three months ago this this fight would never happen, and so far I'm still good. <laughs> if this fight does happen and uh, Lopez loses his belts, um. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, with all all this changing and everything. I think he. Uh, you wouldn't be. See, I I thought that Lopez would be a clear advantage. You're saying that he could lose this. I think there's so much going on. I think so much going on with uh, Lopez and his camp and and uh, with all this moving around because he's the A side. He's responsible for this, right? He's the main attraction. Yeah, you're right. And he can't get this fight off the ground, you know. And Combosis looks like Combosis. Even though he's far away from home, I think the I think the center of attention is not on him at all, at all. And see, and and my conspiracy theory is I think Lopez doesn't want it at all because he has signed a new contract with 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 Top Rank, and he wants his fight to be under that promotion and not the Thriller yeah. promotion right now. So I that's what I think he's trying to do is just keep confusing the whole situation. We'll see what happens to that. The saga continues uh, with this uh, Trill fight. Yep. Um, got any other boxing news? I do. So, Fury's promoter came out, and he said that Tyson would have destroyed Joshua and, and doubts that that fight will ever happen. He says that uh, Tyson has a better chin. He's a bigger puncher. Um, and he thinks that Usyk is a good fighter as well, and he boxed him extremely well um, to the point where he outboxed Joshua. What do you think? Well, I think so. I think he's right. Um now you say Fury's promoter. Fury's promoter. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see them fight. I, I would. Um, who do you think would win I that th- fight? I think Tyson would destroy him. I, I have so? no faith in Joshua at this point. Oh, in Joshua, I thought we were talking to Usyk. I thought no, we were fighting Usyk. I, I think Tyson's so much bigger than Usyk. I think he would. He would oh. probably crush him too. Well, now I, I believe that Tyson Fury is a lot better than uh, than Joshua. Yeah, you know, hands down. Now, so. but. He's got to get past Wilder, and and Wilder is he, he's got a punch. I mean, you got to watch out for that one punch, right? And one punch, and and we saw what happened the last time where it looked like Tyson was dead and came came resurrected like <laughs> yeah, the Undertaker. He sure did. So uh, anything can happen in in this fight coming up next week. Anything can happen. Yeah. Yep. What I have is, uh, did you see Canelo Alvarez and the Caleb Plant press conference? Oh. I've got news and notes, and I for, totally forgot about that. I yeah. did. What did yeah. you think of that? That was amazing. I think um, a lot of people want to say it's staged, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't I think you can stage to get a cut in your face, um, which I, is planted. I didn't know Can- Canelo's so short. Yeah, he's he, well, we say he's short, right? But he's like 5'8". Okay. Yeah, five nine. I well, believe. I'm five seven. I feel like I'm short. So I don't know. But he seems he seems shorter than most of his opponents. But that don't make a difference for him. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I, mean I think Sergey Kolov. He was like six two. Okay. Um, and he just took care of him. Um, so yeah, and he has no fear. And you see that swing that uh, he uh, oh. Caleb Plant tried to slap him. Yes. And just 
classic Canelo, right? Just a duck and moose, bob and yeah. weave, or whatever, and then just come up with the uppercut. Yeah, and uh, I guess the word day is, is foreboding. Uh, yeah, I think he was foreboding the fact that he wanted to show Plant that yeah. you ain't gonna touch me. Not gonna you touch ain't me gonna enough. touch me. Yeah, it, that was interesting. I just probably probably sold a lot more buys um, for this uh, pay per view coming up in November. Yeah, fake or not fake, I'm excited. I'm excited for that yeah. fight too. Uh, I've got another one. So. This is strange. Devin Haney is calling out Oscar De La Hoya for a catchweight fight. That is strange. And what do you I don't think about that? about that? You I do don't... not want to hear about that? Come on, Devin Haney. Come on. You're better right? than this. So he, he's saying he's just frustrated with his uh, two mandatory challengers, Ryan Garcia and Jojo Diaz Jr., who are not choosing him to, to fight. And so he's like, hey, you guys won't choose me. So... I think they're both fighting each other. Uh, Jojo Diaz and uh, Garcia are probably trying to set something up yeah, later sure. on. So, yeah. Um, no, I don't. No, please don't. Please yeah, don't. right. I agree. The other thing I have that I thought was highly fascinating is, did you see uh, that Riddick Bowe is fighting in a celebrity match? I did see somewhere that he was fighting some. Who's he fighting? He is fighting the uh, two-time NBA world champion Lamar Odom. Why have I heard this before? I think I've heard this before. Maybe, I think it was probably canceled, and then now it's pretty planned again. Okay, well, it's it's canceled again, at oh. least on Riddick Bowe's part. Okay. What happened was is his camp came out with a video showing Riddick Bowe shadowboxing. Okay. And it was bad. Oh. I mean, it was bad. And I think it, on the heels of what we saw with Evander Holyfield, yeah. uh, the commission, uh, boxing commission came out and, and told the, uh, I guess the CEO of, of who's putting it on said, mm-hmm. Hey, we're we not are not, yeah, yeah, we're not sanctioning and we'll probably, uh, put some fines on you if you continue down this road. So they, they pulled him, man. That's probably the best idea. I mean, cause Evander Holyfield just, it didn't look like the old Evander Holyfield, but you know, if, if you already heard it from me, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think I'm I think I'm good with the commission, you know, jumping on this real quick and getting some of these older legend fighters to say, hey, guys, y- y'all need to, re- you know, go off into your sunset. Yeah, exactly. And, try and enjoy back. it. Enjoy yeah. your, your retirement. Yeah. Um, last thing for me, it looks like if we don't get a Combosis Lopez fight, okay. we will have we should have Mikey Garcia and Sandor Martin fight on october 16 on the zone app Ooh, that should be a good fight right it should be yeah mikey garcia you know uh you I, like I, him, uh, yeah i've seen him fight live and um i expected somebody bigger okay uh, as far as name wise but um you know we'll see maybe martin is a formidable formidable, formidable opponent and garcia is undefeated he's got a couple losses couple losses yeah okay. he does yeah. okay but he's exciting to watch you told me very excited yep. yeah all right anything else nope that's all i got for boxing well, that wraps up our boxing segment for this week. Let's just jump into um, the UFC 266 recap. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega. That was the main event. But let's just go ahead and jump right into the main card. Big card, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely great card. Yep. Uh, first off the bat, we have Jessica Andrade versus Cynthia Cavillo in a flyweight bout. Well, I'll tell you, Andrade, she is tough as nails, you know. Uh, it felt like in the first round, uh, Calavia landed more shots, but Andrade just walked through them. I mean, it just seemed like everything that she was throwing had a lot more power behind it than Calavia. Yeah, Cavillo is a different level than Andrade. I mean, Andrade comes in 21-9, and nine, ranked second in the UFC's flyweight division. Cavillo ranks sixth. 
She's coming off a loss, so I don't understand why she was put onto the UFC's um, yeah. main card. But, I mean, again, she's a different level, and we saw it. I mean, Kavil was on her back pedaling the whole time, um, trying to get away uh, as, trying to get away from Andrade. And in the end, Andrade just comes up with a TKO win in the first round. Yeah, Calvillo was, was clearly out. Out of experience. I mean, she was nine and two, and you know, Andrade is twenty-one and nine, and she and I guess Andrade is now has has the most fights in uh, UFC women's history at twenty now. I mean, wow, yeah. And again, she's a different level. She's now ranked second in the UFC, so so she didn't move at all. No, um, but I don't think we should rematch her with the champion Shevchenko. No, and and she's already she's already said that she she doesn't want that anyway. Okay, she actually uh, uh, is looking and, and called out uh, Thug Rose mm. or Wei Lee. Oh wow! That she wants to go back down in weight. That oh, she she's going to go down weight. Yeah. Wow. So she wants to be back down to one fifteen, which makes sense. Well, if she stays in her division, I feel like maybe um, uh, Jennifer Maya's there. Yeah. You know, maybe there, and maybe a spoiler alert: uh, Lauren Murphy. Yep, I saw yeah. that as well. So, yep. on that, Cavill, she kind of goes down one spot. She goes to seventh, ranked seventh in the flyweight division. I have her fighting maybe um, a Roxanne Mondeferi, who lost against Talia Santos the same night on Saturday, or a uh, Vivian Arujao. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've I've got her as well. Um, and then spoiler alert, I I thought maybe Lauren Murphy as well. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, I mean, but. I, you know, I kind of think that Calvillo is ranked too high. You think so? Don't you think? I kind of do. I, I just didn't feel... Even my wife was surprised. Why was Cynthia Calvillo? Yeah. I mean, she is good in her own yeah. way, I guess. But I was surprised to see her on the main card. Surprised to see her fight Andrade. Well, and and if you notice uh, her resume, she's now fought the, the second rank. She's mm-hmm. fought the third rank. Yeah. Uh, and she hasn't done so well in either of those. So I was like, all right, I guess Lauren Murphy at five. Let's just keep going down this yeah. list till we just find something comfortable for exactly. her. Exactly. But a good opening fight. A great opening fight. Yeah. Leads us into our second bout of the night. Uh, we have Curtis Blades and Jarzinho Rosenstruck in the heavyweight division. Curtis Blades comes in 14-3, and three, ranked 5th in the UFC. Jarzinho Rosenstruck comes in 12-2, and two, ranked 6th in the UFC. You know, I didn't, didn't see this fight going to be on the ground as much as it was. Did you? I did not. I, I was disappointed, even though, you know, the whole car was great. This one should have been a firefight. I was I, disappointed, I wanted too. a firefight. But you know what? For some reason, I forgot Curtis Blades was a wrestler. And Curtis Blades, that's what he did, was wrestle. But his resume doesn't say that because he doesn't have any submissions and neither does yeah. Rosenstrike. So. Yeah, and I think that that's the thing. You know, he wrestles and then grounds and pounds and tries yeah. to get a TKO on that win. And then, you know, that was just, uh, I think that's his mentality. And Rosenstrike is a kickboxer. Like, he's yeah. come up through the ranks as a kickboxer, so he doesn't really have a ground game as well. He's He blocks several attempts to uh, get him on the ground by blades yeah. and everything like that. But in the end, you can see the uh, that blades has a, is an upper level. Look, Curtis Blades, his game plan was to stay away from the power of Rosenstrike. Mm-hmm. That yeah, makes sense. Exactly. And if you're going to do that, and, and one of your skill sets that he's very good at is ground and pound, then that's what you do. And that's what he did. That's not what we wanted to see, but I think... He his game plan, he did he did well on it. Ultimately, it was Curtis Blades with a unanimous decision, 30-27 across the board, to win a heavyweight the heavyweight bout. 
now he's ranked fifth in the UFC. Um, I look, I'm kind of looking ahead. I got a wild one, right? It's not really too wild. For, for who? Blades? For, for Blades. Okay. Stipe? Ranked third? Uh, Stipe ain't going to fight that. Yeah, see that. He's and I gonna... think that's, and it's just, it's a hard place to be in the heavyweight division right now, especially ranked fifth. Um, another person I have maybe is Tom Aspinall, ranked eighth, right below him. Yep. So you, you've read my notes. So I, so for me, when I'm looking at that top 10, uh, it would have been Serial Gone or Stipe that he has not fought. Mm-hmm. I don't think either of them are going to fight him right now. Uh, so then he's got to pick 8 through 10, which is Aspinall or Dukakis or mm-hmm. Sakai. I mean, that's his three options at this point. He's already beat the Sakai, so that's why I didn't put him down. But um, I do have Dukakis. Josinho Rosenstrike goes to 7th. He drops one spot, and he's in the same boat as Curtis Blades. Even though he loses, he technically doesn't lose any ground. No, he or, doesn't. Or anything, because there's really no one to fight up in front of him. No. And, you know, there's some good fights behind him. So, who do you got? Because I have, I have one. I have the winner. I do, too. <laughs> Volkov and Tybura. Oh, I do not have that winner. No, okay. <laughs> who do you I, have? I have the winner of Walt Harris and uh, Tula. Oh, to it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a good one. Too. The only reason I have that is I'm, I'm trying to get somebody to put Walt Harris's out, you know. Oh, get misery. him out of him? Yeah, yeah get him out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he just, for, for me, Walt Harris, it's, I, I just think that he, uh, hit and miss sometimes he wins sometimes he loses sometimes just, you're right know, yeah man. you're right so so the one before you said was who the winner of what volkov and uh marcin tarbura the winner of that fight volkov is ranked sixth and tarbura is ranked 11th okay and when do they fight they fight i believe next week okay and and mine harrison tula they fight in the end of october yeah so, so maybe we'll see how that works those out. would all be fun fights to watch though man i would love yeah. to see tom aspinall fight again i liked seeing him do you like yeah he's, I he's too. pretty good yeah um next up on the ufc 266 card we have one of the most anticipated uh matches of the night robbie lawler versus nick diaz in the welterweight division robbie lawler comes at 28 and 15 ranked fifth in the ufc welterweight division nick diaz making his return after almost six years layoff 26 and 9 and two draws he is not ranked um but he was probably one of the um most exciting uh ufc fighters on the roster at the time that he was um ultimately what expelled or something like that right yeah it had a lot to do with uh his marijuana use because he would you know use that for medicinal purposes and whatnot and back in the day it was just it was frowned upon frowned you know upon, yeah. but he you could probably argue that he probably was the original og of conor mcgregor i mean yeah you know he yeah kinda, middle fingers everywhere that's huh? right yeah <laughs> what do you think of nick diaz first of all okay so i've watched it twice now okay because when i watched it uh live Something looked off with Nick Diaz. He he looked like he was high, to be quite honest with oh, you. Wow, he was yeah. so slow. And uh, watching it the second time, I realized, you know what? He just had a lot of rust. You know? a lot of he, rust. He hadn't fought in a while. And he, you could tell that he's lost a step mm-hmm. and that active fighters are just going to be a lot more quicker and ready to go. And that's the thing about Robbie Lawler. He just fought last summer. Yeah. And uh, he's been fighting elite fighters. I, I should have seen it. I, and I think I changed my mind when my picks came out um, last week. I changed my mind when I saw him shadow boxing. Uh, okay. Uh, Nick Diaz shadow boxing. And I was like, okay, maybe I picked the wrong guy because yeah. 
you know, Nick Diaz is not the Nick Diaz we knew six years ago. Here's the other alarm that, that we would have got had we known. So he didn't. He wasn't going to make weight. I guess he knew he wasn't. Yeah. And they ended up making this a catch weight catch and weight. moving up where Lawler, who was cutting weight, didn't have to cut anymore. Yeah. And they say that uh, uh, MMA fighters and boxers and stuff. They say that when you cut weight, it actually makes you hungry. Not not just physically, but mentally, because you're just starving, starving yourself, and you're yeah. and you're you're fighting for a win. And when you don't have to cut weight, it's like ah. Eh, yeah. You know, I'm just fighting the fight, and that's what I kind of felt like from Nick Diaz. Hmm. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, but again, I think he looked good. Uh, not great, but good. Um, he did land a lot of good shots. He did He did um, put a little bit of pressure on Robbie Lawler, but ultimately Robbie Lawler just got the best of him, you know, put him down. A lot of people want to say he might have, may have quit. I think he kind of twisted his knee. You know, when he fell, when he got dropped in the third round. I thought he quit, but when I watched the second time, you're right. Something happened to his knee. And I think he just said, nope, I'm not going to mess this, you know, because it could get worse. You know, respect to Nick Diaz and what he's done for the UFC. Um, But, you know, it was Robbie Lawler's night. And he's just, Robbie Lawler showed that that he's still a world-class UFC fighter. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, Robbie Lawler is now ranked, and I said fifth earlier, but now ranked 18th in the uh, UFC if he wants to fight again because some people want to see him retire you know go out on a high horse right but if he wants to fight again I see him maybe fighting how about a Nate Diaz you must be looking at my notes (laughs) because I have two names either fight Nate Diaz or fight a Kevin Lee at 15 that would would be be a great fight right Kevin Lee uh, another name I put here is uh, Daniel Rodriguez. He just fought a couple weeks ago. Okay. He's ranked 14th, but he's on a great fight, fighting winning streak, and he can box. So so the thing about Lawler that I kind of uh, thought about this weekend is I don't think he's like the gatekeeper, but I almost feel like he's a level keeper where if you want to know if you can be fighting elite fighters, yeah. you get past Lawler because he's always going to bring it. So I feel like he's a level keeper, if that makes sense. Yeah, probably like a like a Uriah Faber kind of guy um i mean i think it's because he's cut from a different cloth yeah because lawler's more of a of a brawler fighter mm-hmm. i think um and i think a tactical fighter needs to fight a brawler and yeah. understand that they can get past them and if they can they can move up up in the level so um i don't want to see him retire personally do you no i think he has a lot in the tank i think so still. too uh how about Mr. Nick Diaz. Well, Mr. No BS Allen says he yeah. should retire. I think so too. I, I, I think he do. already knows too. He knew that. I think he knew before the fight. I, I think started. he did for the money. I'm I sure he got not. paid handsomely. I'm sure. I hope not. I hope it was. I've heard a lot of other people say it was more of a closure for him because his career ended so abruptly six years ago. And let's, let's just get closure the right way in the UFC. Yeah. I, I think we talk about this on countless podcasts. We don't want to see uh, some of our legends go out like that. Yeah. And unfortunately, we saw that. But, man, he brought us a lot of entertaining years for us in the past, you know? Yeah, definitely. Next up on the card, we have the co-maiden event of the evening. We have Valentina Shevchenko versus Lauren Murphy for the women's flyweight title. Valentina Shevchenko comes in 21-3, and ranked number one in the world in the flyweight division. Lauren Murphy, 15-4, and ranked fourth, and also on a five-fight winning streak. What can you say about the other female goat in the UFC? I mean, what can you say? She's outstanding every time she fights. She 
she found success with combos, with low kicks, just letting her hands go. I mean, she is just a fun fight fighter to watch. It's, it's again, like we said about Andrade, there's a different level to this fight. Yes. No one is in the flyweight division for the women's at this point is at, on her level. And so, I mean, and she's just a great all-around person, and she doesn't let it go to her head. Like, she does, She knows she's great. Yeah. She knows she's the best. Um, but she doesn't let you know that she knows that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So yeah. I really applaud her. You know, a lot of people are like, well, that's so boring, or, you know, well, you know, whatever. You know, don't want to see her fight, whatever. But we need to appreciate this right now. It's just same thing happened with... Um, with uh, Anderson Silva, right? He was just fighting and winning, fighting and winning. Nobody was at his level. But now we look back and now we appreciate that. So when you when you say they, they don't appreciate or, or they don't uh, they think it's boring, it's because she's so dominant? Is that yeah, why? Yeah, exactly. I guess Ugh. people don't like to see dominant um, you that, know, fighters over and over that's again. That's crazy. I mean, uh, back in the 90s, the Cowboys, when they're just crushing people, yeah. it was it was still entertaining to watch. Yeah. Okay? And yeah. Michael Jordan, my, watching him watching him do what he did, Champions. even, yeah. Unless you're a Spurs fan or a Lakers well, I fan. I get it, yeah. yeah well, Lakers back then or... Unless you're a Phoenix, Utah Jazz or, or Phoenix. Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, you know, the 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 uh, majority of the fan base don't appreciate until after it's gone. And yeah. we need to appreciate Valentina. Well, Valentina Shevchenko did Valentina Shevchenko things. And in the fourth round, she ultimately got the TKO um, of uh, Lauren Murphy. Uh, they need to stop it, didn't they? they? Need, yeah. She yeah. was getting pounded. She was. Again, Lauren Murphy great fighter yes i mean she's 38 years old it's kind of strange to see her um making uh, a run in the ufc at 38 but um she did great you know and now valentina shashenko is still ranked number one in the world do who we had who do we have next well the only fighters left in the top 10 for her to fight is Calvia, which we are not going to send Calvia to that wolf. Um, there's also a Joanne Calderwood who is fighting November. That that could be an, an option for her. Uh, or her opponent of Joanne's is Alexis uh, Grasio. So yes. fight one of those. Yeah, that's exactly what I have is, is if Alexis Grasso wins, maybe she, she moves on. Um, or Talia Santos who fought in the preliminary rounds. Oh, um, yeah. And so she looked pretty good. So maybe that's someone else. How about a Amanda Nunez third or trilogy fight? Well, a lot of people don't want to see that. But they, they think that Amanda's just going to win again. Um, I guess I didn't realize that the last fight they fought was actually a split decision. It wasn't like oh, wow. a unanimous decision, which I guess I didn't hmm. realize that. So for me, I, I think I, I don't think that when Valentina loses to Nunes, she takes it personally. Yeah. I think she appreciates the fact that there's another goat that she's fighting against. Yeah. And I think they would both entertain doing it again. I'd, I'd like to see it. Do you, would you? I, I would. And I, maybe, maybe by the end of next year, late fourth quarter next year we'll, we'll see that fight i'm thinking because i think uh nunez fights her her last fight of, for her career oh you think nunez nunez last fight will be against the bullet yeah oh that would be fascinating yeah that would be how about lauren murphy what what do we have next for her i well i've got two names i've got jennifer um, maya or like we said earlier in the show what about calvia 
Yeah, I think they have beef between each other. So Calvillo and Murphy, uh, Murphy so they got some really uh, some some I guess heated heated arguments or whatever. So th- and, that's something that they could set together. And they both have heart and they're tough. Mm-hmm. So it w- it would be a great match to watch. I also have Jennifer Maya or even a Caitlin Shakakin, who's okay. um, ranked third right now. I like either one of those too. Next up on the UFC 266 card, we have the main event of the evening. Alexander Volkanovsky versus Brian Ortega in the featherweight title bout. Um, Volkanovsky is a champion. He comes in 22-1, and one, again, ranked number one in the world. Brian Ortega, 15-1-1, ranked third in the world. I mean, what can you say about this fight? So they're saying it's one of the greatest fights he's ever seen. Do you agree? Competitive fights? Yeah, I think so. One of the greatest fights. I'm trying to think about other ones. Um, yeah, I was trying to come up with some too. I, I remember a Tony Ferguson fight where he just wouldn't quit. Yeah. And I thought that was a pretty amazing fight. Um, heck, I kind of think Dillashaw fight was pretty amazing this last month. Or that uh, Dustin Poirier versus um, um, Dan Hooker. Yes. Or Cater, one of those. Yep. Dan Hooker's. Yeah, probably Dan Hooker. Um, but what a solid fight. It was a great fight. And uh, I mean... I thought it was over. I thought third round. I thought I had it because I chose Ortega with the submission. Third round, I was like, "I'm a genius. Too. I'm a genius." <laughs> and and here's the thing: uh, at the beginning of the, of the third round, there's a clash of heads, yeah. which busted uh, Ortega's nose. Yeah. And I go, "Oh, that's gonna be a problem for breathing." Yeah. And then the next thing you know, Ortega clips a champ. He puts him in a guillotine that was so tight. And yet, Volganovsky gets out. Yeah. He then puts him in a darts choke, yeah. which was so tight, and Volganovsky gets out. Yep. And then he puts in his signature triangle submission. And everybody and the announcer is going, it's over. Yeah. And Alexander the Great gets out. Gets out. Who would have thought that? They ask Volganovsky at the end of the, you know, in the press conference, how deep was that um, choke? And he says, so cho- so deep that I was like, I'm about to lose my belt. Oh, choke. really? Yeah, deep. Yeah, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. He said he was gargling. He was making funny noises. Uh, he was almost out. Yeah, so he w- he was almost out, almost out three times. Mm-hmm. And somewhere, the champ ended up grounding and pounding him at the end of that round to where I thought at that point it was going to get stopped and Volganovsky was going to win. It that, was crazy. That eye was terrible. I oh, mean, awful. It was awful, swollen, shut. They even asked, they, I think they, they gave him a chance. Like, no, they gave him, they asked him, how many fingers do I have coming up? And we're talking about Ortega. Yeah. Uh, how many fingers do we have up? And, you know, he didn't answer. Didn't answer. Didn't answer correctly. And finally, he did answer the last question oh, he correctly. Did? And it's like, okay, he's good to go. Well, and here's the other thing. Ortega didn't get up for like, I don't know, 15 seconds. He yeah. just laid there after the third round. And I, and I thought Herb was going to say. Because he yeah, has to get up. I yeah. think that like that's part of the rule, that he has to get up and get back to his corner, right? It, it's definitely one of the craziest rounds I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, was, um, it was a crazy fight all around. All around. And ultimately, Volkanovski, you know. It goes to a decision. Who would have thought that it would have gone to a decision? Oh, yeah, after right? all that, after everything we say, said, you know, you know, even in the last few rounds, Volkanovski was coming back and, you know, just, a, you know, being a brawler. I was hoping Ortega would try to get another, get yeah. on the ground, try to get another choke. 
but no, ultimately it was a decision. And his game plan was to submit him, and he he got an opportunity, so it's yeah. not like he didn't. So yeah. both of them did what they needed to do in yeah. their game plan. Now, do you agree with the points? Because I do not. You don't agree with the points? Um, it was 50-44 across the – well, 50-44, 50-45, and 49-46. I mean, it looks like some of these gave him, you know, either – all the rounds or one round just to Ortega, which I think Ortega might have won at least two rounds. So the first round, because I, I, I watched this one twice, too. It was worth watching. Uh, Ortega clipped him in the first round. The champ had him stumbling. I gave it to him. Yeah. Second round, uh, Ortega was using his reach advantage, and he even bloodied the champ at one point. So I gave him that round. So I, I had Ortega up 2-0. And then the third round is when he get those those choke codes right yeah. those chokes and don't you get like some points wouldn't you think that you won the round if you get three a submission yeah. attempts there, yeah it's not one submission yeah. he literally clipped the champ to get him down tried three submissions yeah. and i get the fact that at the end of the at the end of the round yeah he, you know we see the champ ground and pound him yeah. so that could have gone either way and and i think four and five like you said earlier i think the champ got those rounds yeah but if we're if we're doing that, it should be a one point difference in yeah, my it opinion. Be. Yeah. So, well, ultimately, it was a unanimous decision. Volkanovski is still the champion, the featherweight champion of the UFC division. Um, what do you think's next for him? I think it's only obvious. Is it obvious? I think so. Well, who do you have? Well, the winner of Rodriguez and Holloway. Oh, and I they, don't. Th- they fight next month. Well. Volkanovski is now 10-0 and 0 in the UFC, okay? 10-0, and, and I think he's on a 20-fight winning streak. Yes, he's 23-1 and 1 now. Um, first off, I don't think we're going to see a third fight with Holloway. You don't think so? I don't think we are, even though I want it and you, you want it. You think he's moving up? Uh, Volkanovski? Yeah, uh, um, or moving there. Uh, I, well, he's in, entertained the idea that he's willing to fight Conor McGregor for either at 145 155, which would be a huge fight. Um, the name that I actually have is is Gia Chikazi. He's seven and zero in the UFC right now, and he's fourteen and two and ranked fourth. Yeah, but he has to jump Max Holloway. He has to jump. You know, what if Yarir Yarir Rodriguez wins? I think I think it's kind of. I think that trilogy is over oh, right in the horizon. You think so? I well, think I'm so. hoping it is, but man, yeah, it sure does seem like Volganovski uh, seems to be avoiding it maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think. Well, you know what? I think he was avoiding it because everyone's thinking that he yeah. lost maybe the fight, what fight. But he and he, everyone before this fight was questioning him as is he the real champion? And I think he just put solidified his status as the real champion of the featherweight, featherweight division for for beating Ortega in the manner he did. Okay, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But if it is Holloway and Volkanovski, who are you going for? I think I can't put it past Volkanovski again. Oh, I'm taking Holloway. Yeah, I think he won the second fight. Yeah, I, I and think so too. Holloway's but, tough and nails too, but yeah, that. Regardless, it'd be it's a great be a fight, fight, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. How about for Ortega? Um, he's ranked third now in the UFC. Where do we f- see him? Fifteen and two, so he's only had two lo- two losses. He's seven and two in the UFC now. Uh, I've got a couple names. Uh, I'd like to see him maybe uh, fight uh, Calvin Catter mm-hmm. at six or Dan Ag at eight. Um, yeah, you know I have that Calvin Calvin Cater uh, also, uh, and I have that Chikadze. Name too. Chikotsky, so, okay. So Chikotsky doesn't, man, but I don't know how long it's going to take for Ortega to heal and, you know, mm. get ready back into the, the. What about a fun fight with Edson Barbosa? Or with Ortega? Yeah. That would be fun. Because they haven't fought each other. 
That'd be a really good fight. It would be good, right? Yeah, but I think Edson Barbosa has been already fought, fought like a month ago, two months ago almost. Yeah, but we're going to have to wait on Ortega anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see on that. So that brings, that's the, that's yeah. UFC 266. So what do you rank it? Man, nine, probably. A nine? Yeah. I, I just, it was a great all around. Um, just because, of course, this one fight. But then the preliminary fights, there were some great preliminary fights also. Yeah, if we take into account the preliminary uh, fights yeah. were amazing. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? You're probably right. The It, it would have got a 10 had we gotten the slugfest from Rosa Strike and Blades, right? Yeah. Ex- oh, can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to, I think I'm giving it 8.75. Well, um, it looks like Vol- Volkanovski and Ortega both got fight of the night. So each got 50K. Oh, nice. And so, and then two other fighters from the um, preliminary uh, fights they got the other performances of the night so i mean god yeah that's um it was a great fight a lot of people are saying it's especially the main event is one of the fights of the year of course yeah right now it's probably leading contender for the it fight sure of the year. Is. um some people say that third round is probably the 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 round of in the best round in ufc history because of the different you know situations that were put in i am sure that we could probably find a couple other ones probably but i want to tell you right now th- it was amazing it was a great fight it yep. was amazing that third round lived up to the hype lived up to the billing and um now again we just jump onto this uh, ufc train we got next week coming up right well i hope <laughs> i hope this card can get somewhat close to that one that's gonna be tough to do um Pretty sure I don't think we're gonna get <laughs> as close as we think we or we would want. Yeah, but I'm still excited for this next upcoming card. So that brings us to now this Saturday, uh, UFC Fight Night 193, Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker uh, live from the UFC Apex on ESPN Plus. First on the card, we have Alexander Hernandez and Mike Breeden, um, lightweight division. Yeah, so this is at 155 pounds. Charles Oliveira is our current champ. Now, Alexander, the great Hernandez, is 28 years old. He is 12 and 4 with five KOs, two submissions, and five decisions. He is currently ranked 20th. His last fight was a loss by decision February of this year, and he is one and two in his last three fights. Now, Mike Money Breeden is 32 years old, and he's 10 and three with eight KOs, zero submissions, and two decisions. He is currently unranked. Now, his last fight was a win by decision May of this year, and hello, UFC, he's making his debut. Now, there are currently no odds at this point. Alexander Hernandez comes from San Antonio, Texas, representing Factory X in Muay Thai. This is his third year in the UFC. He has two performances of the night. He stands 5'9", and his reach is 72 inches. Notable wins come against Chris Grutzenmacher, Francisco Trinaldo. Notable losses come against Tiago Moises, Drew Dauber, and Donald Cerrone. Mike Breeden represents... Glory MMA out of Lee's Summit, Missouri. He's this is again, like you said, his debut in the UFC. Um, he stands five ten with a seventy inch reach. Did you say that the that uh, Hernandez is like what five nine with seventy two inch reach or something like that? Right. That seems like a, a long reach for that size, right? It sure does. I mean, well, five ten here on this other side yeah. is seventy. Yeah. So he's got he's got wow. the reach. Okay. Well, I don't know much about Mike Money, so. Uh, if I'm make, making a pit on, pick on this one, I don't really like uh, I don't really like fighters that debut in the UFC because they usually lose. Yeah, 
because they're going up in in levels so give me hernandez by decision i also have hernandez by decision Next up on the uh, UFC Fight Night Santos and Walker card, we have Aspen Ladd versus Macy Chasson for the bantamweight in the bantamweight division. Yeah, so this is at 135 pounds, and Amanda, Amanda Nunes is our current champ. Now, Aspen Ladd is 26 years old, 9-1 with 6 KOs, 1 submission, and 2 decisions. She is currently unranked because of her inactivity in the last 15 months. Now, her last fight was a win by KO in the third round, December of 2019, and her only loss was right before that. Now, Macy is 30 years old, and she is 7-1 with two KOs, two submissions, and three decisions. She is currently ranked 11th. Now, her last fight was a win by decision, March of this year, and her only loss was in 2019. Now, Ladd is a minus 210, and Sun is a plus 175. Aspen Ladd comes from Pioneer, California, representing MMA Gold Fight Team. She stands at 5'6", with a 66-inch reach. Notable wins come against Yana Kusnikaya, Shajara Eubanks. Notable losses come against Jermaine Doradamine, which is her only loss. Macy Chasson, she is in her third year in the UFC. She's from Dallas, Texas, representing Fortis MMA. She stands at 5'9", with her reach being 72 inches. Notable wins come against Marlon Renault, Shanna Young, and a notable loss, her only loss, comes against Lena Landsberg. Who do you have? Well, this is a tough one for me because I, tough. I like the more active fighter, but the odds say another, right? The odds yeah. are, are with the... Uh, for Ladd, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. So I guess I'm going to take Ladd by KO in the second round. Well, I am going with Macy Chasson... She is, um, I have a decision win for Macy Chasson. Yeah, I kind of think that this is a toss-up to me, you know. I think, I like Macy Chasson because she's on a good fighting winning streak. And have you seen Aspen Ladd fight before? I have, I and have. she's really good. She, yeah. People are really hyped up on her, yeah. too. So She's kind of like the uh, uh, O'Malley of the female <laughs> fighters. I yeah, mean, she's, without the hair. she's really hyped, hyped up for the female division. Next up on the card, we have Misha Krikanov versus Kristoff Jatko in the middleweight division. Yeah, so this is at 185 pounds. Israel Asanya is our current champion. Now, Misha Krikanov is 34 years old. He's 15 and 6 with five KOs, eight submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked 13th in the light heavyweight division at 205. Now, his last fight was a loss by TKO in the first round, March of this year, and is 2-4 and four in his last six fights. Now, Kershaw, Jocko, is 32 years old, and he is 22-5 and five with six KOs, one submission, and 15 decisions. He is currently ranked 18th. Now, his last fight was a loss by decision May of this year, and is 3-3 three and three in his last six fights. Now, Jocko is a minus 160, and Kershanov is a plus 135. Misha Kirkinov has been in the UFC for six years. She represents Toronto, Ontario, and Extreme Couture Toronto. Uh, he has one performance of the night. He stands 6'3", and his reach is 77 inches. His notable wins come against Jimmy Crute and an Ayan Kutalaba, which we saw last week. Uh, notable losses... I come against Ryan Spann, Johnny Walker, and Glover Teixeira. 
Christoph Jodko. He's in his eighth year in the UFC, representing Poland. He has no performances of the night, but he stands 6'1 and has a 77-inch reach. Uh, arm range, right? 77-inch reach. Eric, notable wins come against Eric Anders, Mark andre Berold. Uh Notable losses come against Sean Strickland, Brad Tavares, and Uriah Hall. I guess this is a match of the hardest names to say. Yeah, <laughs> it sure is. Well, I can tell you that I like Jocko's uh, resume. I think he has a better resume. I think he has more experience. So uh, I'm going to go with him by decision. And I'm going to go with Misha Kirkkonov by decision. Wow, two in a row. Two in a row. Okay. Next up on the card, we have Nico Price versus Alex Oliveira in the welterweight division. Yeah, so this is at 170 pounds. Kamara Usman is our current champ. Now, Alex Cowboy Oliveira is 33 years old, and he's 22 and 10 with 12 KOs, 5 submissions, and 5 decisions. He is currently ranked 38. Now, his last fight was a loss by submission in the first round, April of this year, and is on a two-fight losing streak. Now, Nico, the hybrid price, is 14-5 and five with 10 KOs, three submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked 26. His last fight was a loss by decision July of this year, and is also on a two-fight losing streak with a no contest in the middle of that. Now, Nico Price is a minus 150, and Oliveira, the cowboy, is a plus 125. Nico Price, representing American Top Team, comes from Cape Coral, Florida. He's in his fifth year in the UFC. He has three performances of the night. Nico Price stands at six foot even with a 76-inch reach. Notable wins come against Jake James Vick, Tim Means, Randy Brown. Notable losses come against Michael Piera, Vicente Luque, and Jeff Neal. Alex Oliveira is in his sixth year in the UFC. He comes from Brazil, represents ATS Team uh, MMA. He has five performances of the night. He stands 5'11 with a 76.5-inch reach. Notable wins come against Max Griffin, Carlos Condit, Tim Means. Notable losses come against Randy Brown and Mike Perry. I, for my prediction, I have Alex Oliveira with a submission win. Okay. So, you know, the odds say this is going to be a close fight. They both have, have fought some elite fighters. Yeah, so have. this should be a, a exciting fight. Nico Price comes in with some good uh, good hype. I think he has his draw or his no contest against uh, Donald Cerrone, I believe. Okay. Well, I'm I'm with you. I'm actually going to go with Oliveira, but I've, I like a KO in the first round. Next up on the card, we have the co-main event, Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dawkins. So this fight's in the middleweight division, 185 pounds. Israel Adesanya is our current champ. Now, Kevin Trailblazer Holland is 28 years old. He is 21-7 and seven with 12 KOs, 5 submissions, and 4 decisions. He is currently ranked 13th. Now, his last fight was a loss by decision April of this year and is on a two-fight losing streak, both fights being in 2021. Now, Kyle Dukas is 28 years old and is 10-2 and two, with zero KOs, eight submissions, and two decisions. He is currently ranked 45th. 
Now, his last fight was a loss by decision, May of this year, and is one and two in his last three fights since signing with the UFC. Now, Holland is a minus 150, and Dukas is a plus 125. Kevin Holland uh, is in his third year in the UFC, representing Travis Lutner BJJ. He's from Fort Worth, Texas. He has three performances of the night. He stands 6'3 with an 81-inch reach. Notable wins come against Jacare Suosa, Joaquin Buckley, and notable losses come against Marvin Vittori, Derek Brunson, and Tiago Santos. Kyle Dawkins, he's in his second year at the UFC. He's from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, representing Martinez BJJ. He has no performances of the night, but he does stand 6'3 and has a 76-inch reach. Notable wins come against Dustin Stolfus. Notable losses come against Phil Hawes and Brandon Allen. I, I don't understand how this fight got made because Kyle is ranked 45th and Kevin is ranked 13th. So I don't, yeah. I don't understand the discrepancy in that. Maybe someone dropped. Maybe he was supposed to fight someone else, uh-huh. but I don't know. Let me see. Yeah, there's nothing... No, nothing says anything. So yeah, so 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 with that ranking difference, uh, I like Holland with way more experience, and I think he's gonna get a uh, TKO in the second round. I have also Kevin Holland with a TKO in the third round. Okay. Finally, we come to the main event of the evening. We have Tiago Santos versus Johnny Walker in a light heavyweight division. Yeah, so this is at the 205 weight limit. Jan Bolkowski is our current champ. Now, uh, Tiago Murta Santos is 37 years old, 21 and 9 with 15 KOs, one submission, and five decisions. He is currently ranked seventh. Now, his last fight was a loss by decision, March of this year, and he is on a three-fight losing streak. Now, Johnny Walker is 29 years old and 18-5 and five with 15 KOs, two submissions, and one decision. He is currently ranked 11th. Now, his last fight was a win by KO in the first round, and he is 1-2 in his last three fights. Now, Santos is a minus-175 favorite, and Walker is the underdog at a plus-150. Tiago Santos is in his eighth year in the UFC. He comes from Brazil representing Tata Fight Team. He has five performances of the night. He stands 6'2 with a 76-inch reach. Notable wins come against Jan Bohovic, uh, Eric Anders, Kevin Holland. Notable losses come against Alexander Rachik, uh, Glover Teixeira, and John Jones. Johnny Walker comes comes in in his fourth year in the UFC. He also is from Brazil, representing SBG Ireland. He has three performances of the night. Johnny Walker stands at 6'6 with an 82-inch reach. Notable wins come against Ryan Spann, Khalil Roundtree, and notable losses come against Nikita Korolov and Corey Anderson. So what do you think about this main event? Well, I am not on the hype train of Johnny Walker. Uh, (laughs) A lot of people, you know, UFC was big on him, kind of like Sean O'Malley. So uh, for me, I like Santos with a win because he needs one uh, by KO in the third round. He sure does need that win. But... um Oh no! Are you on that? Are I you am. on the Walker train? I like Johnny oh, Walker. Oh boy! Okay. Johnny Walker with a KO in the third round. So somebody's getting knocked out in the third round. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to be USC Fight Night Santos versus Walker this Saturday from the Apex Center in Las Vegas. 
Um, what do you think? You think it's going to be a great match? You think it's going to compete with 266? It's not going to compete <laughs> with that one, but I, I will have to tell you there's some intriguing fights, and if you notice uh, on our previews, a lot of these guys are on losing streaks, and yeah. they need a win, so that that's going to make them hungry. Yeah, and they're all mostly in the light heavyweight division yes. or, or middleweight division, and um, these fighters have some experience, and they fought elite fighters, and, and they're just trying to look for their own spot to, to try to move up. And I think the the fight I'm looking forward to is going to be the Oliveira Price fight. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the Aspen Lad and Macy just chase on. Fight. Yeah, see if see if Lad can pick up where she mm-hmm. left off in 2019. That's true. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, well, that wraps up our UFC Fight Night preview. Do we have any UFC news or MMA news? I do, I do. Uh, well, let's just start off at the, at the very top of the news. Uh, Peter Yan refuses to wait for the sneaky coward Sterling Aljamain <laughs> because guess what? Sterling is not going to defend his belt. He's hurt. Um, did you see him on Saturday? I did not see him on Saturday. He was helping warming warm up, warming up someone, the fighter that fought Marlon Marais. Wait, so he says he has neck neck issues, but he's styling and profiling, helping a warm up. Is that what and you're telling me? And he was in the corner of the uh, that fighter. So you tell me, <laughs> this guy. I I don't know what to say. I I'm a loss for words, and and I feel bad for Peter Yan. Uh, we clearly are not happy with the way this all has gone down, and now the saga continues. Who do you, what do you think is next? I mean, Sugar Sean O'Malley said, put me in, coach. Put him, Oh, I saw that. I did yeah. see that. Um, you know, we didn't agree with the interim belt for Serial Gone, Derek Lewis, but in this particular instance, I'm all for the interim belt because I do believe that, uh, in my opinion, a true champion should have it because I don't think Aljamain's a true champion. I don't think so either. I think I think they should do the interim and then see what happens with Aljamain Sterling. Yeah. So Peter Young came out and he did also say he said, "Hey, look, uh, give me any fighter in the top five or the top ten fight in the bantamweight. I'll fight any of them." Oh. So I was gonna bring up the fighters in there and tell me what fight that you would like to see. So okay. at third is T.J. Dillashaw. Yes, but he's hurt. Oh yeah, right. he got surgery, didn't okay. he? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about Corey Sanhagen for the interim? That's, uh, that's no brainer, I think. Okay. What about Jose Aldo? Jose Aldo. Wow. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be so UFC to just do that? It, but but Peter Young beat you, Jose Aldo. Okay. So. But all bets are off because yeah. we're trying to make an interim title fight, right? Yeah. So so even though they got beat, we're, it's yeah. up for grabs. Okay. What about Rob Font? Man, yeah, I'd do that. I would like that, right? Yeah. Frankie Edgar? Uh, maybe not Frankie Edgar. Okay. No. Pedro Munoz? Maybe, maybe. Okay. And then rounding out the top 10, what about No Love Cody? <laughs> I don't think so. No. No. I think it was Sandy Hagen or, or Rob Font. And skip over Aldo because they fought before. I think so. I but it would be so UFC to give him a chance. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because he's a legend. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's too bad that Dillashaw's hurt because that would be the great fight, right? So it would yeah. be. So, yeah. So, it should be interesting. I, I don't know how all this is going to uh, kind of when the dust settles, but it is funny that our champ is now still avoiding a fight with Peter Young. <laughs> and in other news, I mean, it looks like John Jones is back in the headlines for the wrong reasons. 
yeah, I, I have it in, in my news news and notes as well. Uh, apparently, you got arrested and charged for uh, domestic violence battery and also tampering with a vehicle. And the updates keep coming in because it no, it's not really clear, but I saw, did you see where it kind of came out that it has to do with his girlfriend? Well, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's a domestic violence case, I'm sure. It's, it's unfortunate to see that. I was really looking forward to seeing John Jones, you know, back into the, in the cage. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. I mean, it, this, this, uh, Jones saga journey just continues. I mean, he was involved in a hit run accident with a pregnant woman in 2015, um, which ultimately led to him vacating the light heavyweight championship. And then he was involved in a DUI case last year in which, uh, he reached a plea plea deal. And then he also had a plea deal for a 2016 drag racing case. So I don't get it. It's crazy. Do you get it? No, I don't. I mean, is that pressure, is the pressure being the greatest maybe ever that, that heavy? And here's the thing. He has two brothers that are playing at the highest level in the NFL. Correct. And yet you don't, and, and they have as just as much pressure as he does. Yeah. And you don't see their names in the headlines. They keep their nose clean. I, I don't understand what's going on in his head because he has, well, I, I say potential. He, he has all the skills to be the greatest of all time, and he just keeps screwing it up personally. Remember a few months ago or a few shows ago, maybe a month ago, but um, we did say, we were trying to say, who's our Mount Rushmore? Yes. At one point, John Jones was the Mount, on the Mount Rushmore. And we didn't put him in at all, did we? No. Yeah. For these, these reasons, yes. right? For yeah. these reasons. Yeah. So, so, now, so now I guess uh, we can mark his name off in the heavyweight division at this point. Well, we'll see what happens with this John Jones saga yep. that continues. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, that's all I have for UFC News. That's all I have. Well, now let's look at this uh, rankings and the standings of the Pick'em Okay. <laughs> well, uh, so this week, me and you both actually went three and two in the UFC and one and one in boxing. Okay. Okay. So, Daniel, you're sitting at 18 and I'm sitting at 20. All right. So, status quo, two, two game lead there. Yeah. And for our players. Here we go. Here we go. So, we got Dom at, tw- at 10. Omar is sitting at 12 now. Okay. Uh, Shane comes in at 14. We've got Lynn at 15. We got Dan at 18. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Shannon yeah. has caught the other podcaster, me, at 20. 20. She wow. is at 20 now. That's awesome. Yeah, that isn't is it? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good for all them. I, I, I'm always excited to see what the results are for our players. I'm going to have to get her to get my DraftKings, you know, situation going. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she definitely is doing something right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the show. You know, you have anything else to, to add? Uh, I don't, other than uh, please keep checking out and just liking our different posts that we have on our Facebook and and, and on our Instagram. Uh, we're always posting, updating, uh, and breaking news like the Lopez Correct. fight. So please just keep checking that out. Yeah, definitely. Thank you to everyone that's participating in our Pekin League. I'm being surpassed by some listeners. That's right. You know, that which hurts. So I need to get back on the ball. Might get some good picks this week. Yep. Um, but thank you to everyone that's continuing listening to our show. We hope to be back next week with the recap of this week's fights and predictions. Um, be sure to follow us again on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. That's it for this week. I'm Daniel. I'm Alan. Y'all have a great week, guys. And keep your hands up. And happy fighting. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs>